With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Because Easter is where it is on the calendar this year, it's also the fourth Sunday of the month. And we always take time on the fourth Sunday just to take a moment and talk a little bit about the ministry organization we are with and have a spiritual covering with, and that is the Foursquare Association. So uh, you'll see the emblem that uh, they use for much of their advertising and to let folks know. Foursquare, the whole term came about of knowing Jesus Christ as Savior, Baptizer in the Holy Spirit, Healer, and soon coming king. And so what it does is for independent congregations like us, we are able to come underneath this covering where we've got people that speak into our lives or spiritual accountability that is right there for us. It creates opportunities for camp and for conferences. It creates an opportunity for us also to be a part of the larger body of Christ and what's going on. You that are from our church know we have a lot of different missions outreaches that happen here at home as well as on the field, but this connects us into countries and places we've never been before and helps us to do an outreach that is global that truly touches worldwide. So today there are churches all over that are speaking the truth and spreading the gospel and that's a wonderful blessing for us to be under that spiritual covering. So we're going to pray for them. Uh, Glenn Burris is the president of the organization. Some of you know some of the history of it. A lady named Amy Simple McPherson was an evangelist back in the 30s and 40s. God used her mightily to be able to share the gospel, opened up all kinds of places that it had been barriers, that had held people back, and took the message, the full gospel, into places that had never heard it before. That part, if you've never heard that term, full gospel, is just a greater emphasis for people on knowing that we believe the whole word of God. Every part of it, the commissioning of the church on the day of Pentecost that went out to allow the gifts of the Spirit to flow and change people's lives, God wants to empower believers. And that's what we believe for all of you. We don't want you just to go to church. We want you to be empowered to be the church. So please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray right now over congregations all across this globe, through every country, through mighty moves of your spirit that are happening all over the globe, that together we will present our Savior. We will bring the baptism of the Holy Spirit and know that you are the healer, and we prepare ourselves that you are the coming King. We thank you that Hebrews 13.8 says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and we believe that he is in this place today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, if you've got your Bible with you, go ahead and grab it this morning. Open it up to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 28 is where we're going to start today. And if you're a guest with us, just know that we have been praying for you now for several weeks that God would do and bring about circumstances to change so you could be with us today. And uh, together, we make the entire body of Christ stronger. That strength is there, that ability to love, to be able to accept and to forgive, and to be a part of each other's lives. We care. That's what God has given to us. Now, if you're looking for a perfect church, we're not it. If you're looking for perfect people, we're not it. 
But if you're looking for a message of how God can transform any life and make a change, that's what we're all looking for. We believe that God can take any life and turn it around. We were lost, but now have been found. I have a friend of mine that's an unbeliever. He's on my prayer list. I've been ministering and witnessing to him for quite a while now. And he says, you know, the reason I don't go to church is because of all the hypocrites that are there. He said, they all go to church and act so much like they are goody-goody, and then they live like me all week long. And I said, that would be like saying everybody who goes to the gym is a hypocrite. Fat people are not welcome in the gym. Now, you know what? You want to work out, you go to the gym, you apply those things, and you make them work in your life. Now, please know this. I understand the gym that I go to, there is a group of old men that after they've been on the treadmill for a while, they always head over to Village Inn for breakfast. One day I was asking one of them, he's a retired Moline school teacher. He came over to me. I guess he thought I was an old man. And uh, I said, what are you talking about? I was born in 1990. All right, 30 years before that. He said to me, hey, we're going out to breakfast. Do you want to go? I said, no. I said, I still got another 50 pounds to lose. He said, well, see, we figure it balances out. He said, we come here and sweat and work out, and then we go and sort of feed our flesh. And he says, we always make sure that uh, we eat lots of bacon. He says, that way we can never be confused as a terrorist. (laughs) These old men get funny, I'm telling you. But we are here to be the church of Jesus Christ. We are here not as perfect people, but folks that are forgiven. And that's the goodness of our God. He changes us. He helps us every day. And our goal is to become more like him each and every day. All right. Are you there in Matthew 28? Let's take a look starting at verse 1. Matthew 28, verse 1. Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went one, oh, they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. Now, let's stop there just for a moment. Here was an event that was happening that was going to change the course of history. And in the natural, it was something that they were fearful of because they weren't used to the power of heaven. You know, it's funny, isn't it? We can watch television shows, we can see sci-fi movies or outer space flicks, and we can hear all these things, and people sit back, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, that alien came and sucked their brains out. They did this and this. Then they had power to just transform themselves from place to place. Uh, You know, I I don't get into a lot of the sci-fi things. I I remember when uh, Star Trek came out when I was a kid. Okay, then, now you know my real age. Um, (laughs) 
And they would all stand there in this place and their bodies would dematerialize, you know, and you'd see them start to evaporate and, and disappear and be put someplace else. And as a kid, I remember watching that thinking, that is so cool. I want to do that. And I went out in the kitchen one day and I found something that was a little bit shiny. It was one of my mom's pie pans. And I thought, well, you know, now I don't have a button to push, but if I stand on this pie pan and I'll put a pie pan on my head, and if I think really hard, I bet I can leave the kitchen and go to my bedroom. And I thought, since I don't have a button, I'll make the sound. So I stood there and I went, I was still there. I was so disappointed. I thought maybe it would help if I was on TV. Because TV, you know, everything's possible on television. And you can believe everything on TV just like you can the internet or Facebook. <laughs> I got to tell you, I never made it on TV. I did win a case of Mountain Dew one time from Captain Ernie's cartoon showboat, but that was about it. <laughs> Why is it that sometimes in the natural it's easier for us to believe for supernatural things than what it is for us to trust God for supernatural moves of his spirit in our lives? Sometimes people have been taught that God's not real, that God's dead. Sometimes folks have been told, no, 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 you see, you've got to earn your way to please God. All of those are lies that the devil has tried to manufacture through the years to make us feel unqualified. Well, the good news is Jesus Christ is Lord. And here these women were. They found the tomb opened. They saw the stone rolled away. The soldiers that had been guarding it, they too had an experience that something was happening radical that would change everything. I'm believing for a radical move of God. I'm trusting the Lord even for our own country. You know, we've got elections that are coming up, and sometimes, you know, you sit back and scratch your head when you watch things on the news and you go, is this really the best we have out of all the people in America? But then you remember that God even used heathen kings at times to bless his people. And so when I pray, I sit back and say, okay, God, now which woman, which man is able to be used by you? But don't wait for the government to make the changes in our country. Because the Bible tells us that if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, then I will heal their land. I'm believing with all my heart that the preparation we've been praying and trusting God for for years. We've been speaking revival. We have in our prayer times been calling out to God. I truly believe we are right on the edge of everything that God is ready to do. And he promised that in these last days he would pour out his spirit on all flesh. And that means for you and me. It doesn't mean that he is looking for perfect people, but he is looking for folks who will take a leap of faith and trust him with all their heart. Look on, it continues here in verse 9. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice! So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. And while they were going, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priest all things that had happened. And when they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a great, a large sum of money to the soldiers and said, Tell them his disciples came at night and stole him away while we slept." 
And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him and make you secure. So they took the money and did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews unto this day. Verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountains which Jesus had appointed for them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. Amen. Now, there's some powerful teaching and words that are there that were people who had lost hope. They thought he had been crucified and was dead and gone, and now the risen Savior was alive. Uh, my wife's grandmother, Naomi Simmons, man, talk about a prayer warrior. She was just a mighty woman of God. She could quote scripture. She just stood on it and saw miracle signs and wonders happen within her life. But she always quoted this last part of verse 20 when Jesus is talking and says, Lo, I am with you always. Now that's because Grandma Simmons did not like to fly in planes. And so she would warp scripture just a little bit there. And she said, now look, God didn't intend for us to fly. She said, the scripture says, lo, I am with you always. <laughs> now, if you were taking a road trip, she was great to have along with you because she never slept. So you didn't have to worry about anybody falling asleep at the wheel. Grandma Simmons would be sitting right next to you just talking away. And she'd just be sharing her heart, talking about all the good things of God, talking about the family. And so when everybody else was snoozing in the back, I'd be driving and just going, okay, I'm awake. I can hear it. Lo, I am with you always. Okay, God, we're here. Now, that's not the best use of Scripture. And I'm not telling you to go out and start misquoting things, all right? But don't make fun of my grandma either. <laughs> Scripture has power to it. And as Christ looked at people, he said, I want you to go out and share the good news. He said, I want you to understand that on this day, change has happened. You know, sometimes people think they've got to make themselves good enough before they could come to God. If I can quit this and this and this, then I will come to church. Then I will do this. Then God will accept me. God loves you no matter what kind of a mess you're in. Please know this, God didn't put you in the mess. There's an enemy out there. The Bible speaks of in John 10.10 10, that says, The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. Knowing that, that we have an attacker out there that wants to destroy you, that wants to try to knock you out. When you stand on the word of God, you have power through his spirit to be able to see victory come in every part of your life. Now, God opened that tomb. The angel appeared, the earth began to shake and quake underneath it. When God intervenes, change happens. I want those kind of God earthquakes, amen? I want those kind of moves of the Spirit in my life that I can turn away from something that is going to destroy me and I'm going to have the power of God to keep away from it and to keep chasing after God. Nobody knows what really goes on behind closed doors, do they? Sometimes people can look really excited about God on the outside. They can come to church and say, praise the Lord, brother. Good to see you. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. And then they go out the doors, but they don't take Jesus with them. 
Listen, this place was dedicated to God, but the Spirit does not live here. It lives in you. And you have to know this, that as even though it was dedicated to God and his glory and we meet here and the power of God does happen so many different times. But know this, when you go out the doors, his spirit is still there to be with you. He wants to help you get through those challenges. He wants those challenges not to be your final testimony of your life. He wants you to be able to be experiencing his anointing. Now, that's a nice, fancy word if you're not familiar with it, but it's talking about the anointing or the power of God that lives and abides in you. You've got it. You've got it. Please don't ever sit back and think, well, I'll never be as spiritual as so-and-so. I, you know, I watch this one on TV. I go here. I hear this one. And, you know, they're so much further along than I am. Now, the good news as a Christian is this. There is no limitation no matter who you are. There's no limitation for what has happened in the past when you give your life to God, whether he will work through you. And the quicker you want to be hungering after God, the fuller you start to get. Oh, amen. You know, when Krispy Kreme first came out over in Davenport, they're no longer here. But I remember we went over and we'd had some Krispy Kreme donuts before, and they had that glazing machine that was just dripping the glazing like that, and the conveyor belt that was running those donuts underneath it. The first time I saw that, I thought, I wish I was a donut. <laughs> just lay back on that, ah. I'd hope that the conveyor got stuck at that point. Ah. Man, everybody talked about Krispy Kreme donuts. They wanted to have donuts. They couldn't wait to have donuts. And then, for some reason, it just didn't make it here in our area. And yet, when you go on vacation, if you see a Krispy Kreme place and you see hot donuts, you see that little sign blinking, you know it's the time to stop and get some donuts. Now, that donut didn't have any icing on the top of it. Pastor, why are you talking about food? I'm hungry. I haven't eaten yet. That donut didn't have any icing on it, but it was going to be made complete. God has a completeness for you and I, and it's his Holy Spirit. He wants to use his spirit to help you to feel fully covered in the armor of God. And unfortunately, in church history, sometimes the church has done some dumb things. They said to people, because of this particular sin, God will never use you again. You can sit here on the side, but the Lord will not use you. I want you to know when you have been forgiven by God, God qualifies you for all things. So if you hang with people or other folks that want to always limit you on things, I'm here to tell you it is time to dream big. We've been talking over the past several weeks about thinking big in small places and how powerful it is to know that God wants you to see further out than what you can see in the natural. He wants you to enjoy his presence. He wants you to know that even if you're going through a tough time right now, God is here to give you victory over that hump. He is here to give you the power to overcome that thing. Sometimes it can be medical. Sometimes it can be physical. It can be a financial need. It can be all kinds of things. Have you ever noticed how it seems that Satan tries to attack you in your mind? He tries to get you to think what you cannot do when faith says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, here he is, risen from the dead, and we just read a scripture in this part that said that even though some believed, there were still some that doubted. 
They see the Lord before them, and yet some even doubt it. Sometimes it's not always easy to walk by faith and not by sight. Sometimes the challenge is there that tries to make what we've known in the past more real than what we're seeing through the eyes of faith. But Jesus gives this great commission. He says, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of Jesus. Go ahead and make converts out there. Listen, our world would be a safer place today if we all did evangelism and discipleship. Don't give up and sit back and say, oh, this evil, hateful message of Islam is trying to destroy parts of the world. It's trying to overtake. Pastor, there's, there's people here in our own country that want to do things like this. I want you to know this. They all need Jesus too. They all need Jesus. God died upon that cross with his son that day to pay for all the sins of mankind. No matter what our background is, no matter where our heritage is. Some of you, when you talk about your heritage, you came from your families from Germany or from Ireland or England or France or Italy or Greece. Or whether you came uh, from an African country or whether you came from a South American country or wherever your heritage is, all of us in this country came from someplace. And from that beginning, new life begins to emerge. It is important for us to reach our world for Jesus Christ. When we do that, lives get changed. Listen, if God can save me, he can save anybody. If God can turn my life around, he can turn anybody's life around. And so when the temptation comes up inside you to say, oh, you don't know, Pastor. Listen, it'll be a cold day in hell when so-and-so gets saved. First of all, it will never be cold in hell. I don't know who sold you that one, but it won't ever happen. Hell is a place of utter destruction and loss and fear and emptiness, where heaven is a place of great rejoicing and the power of God and his love eternal. So when you get that down in your heart, you start to realize everybody needs a Savior. Everybody needs to be forgiven and built back up. Go over with me, if you would, to the book of Luke, chapter 24 in your Bibles. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John... Look for Luke chapter 24 and verse 36. Luke chapter 24 and verse 36 through 49. And as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you. And they were terrified and frightened and supposed they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold, my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, Have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb, and he took it and ate it in their presence. And he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you that all these things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. And he said to them, and he said to them, thus it is written, 
And thus, it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father unto you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you have been endued with power from on high." All things have been fulfilled in Christ. You know, sometimes people sit back and say, well, there's so many contradictions in the Bible. Uh, there's not one contradiction in the Scripture. When you read it, you'll find how God fulfills his promises. That's just one of those other lies that the world tries to say. When you have a faith in God, the Scriptures come alive. Listen, you're here this morning. I'm praying that your understanding is being enlightened and opened. That's what Jesus did to them. They had walked with him. They had seen his miracle power. They had experienced things, even in the natural, just for three, three and a half years before the crucifixion. And now they were having to expand their thinking in such a way that there was a supernatural God who had touched their lives. Think about it. They had walked with Jesus. They had seen blind days open. They had seen the dead be raised. And now he appears. And don't you like it? Uh, the message version of the Bible says here in this particular section, they were freaking out. Jesus had appeared and they thought it was a ghost. And yet he said, come here, feel me. Touch me. See the holes. See this. Give me something to eat. A ghost cannot do this. God had brought his son through every challenge he had faced so that he could take our sins upon the cross. Verse 45, when it says there, he opened thus their understanding. Sometimes people just have closed minds. Sometimes folks have sat back and they've been hearing something for so long or misquoted something. Well, you know, Pastor, I, I wouldn't say I'm a Christian, but you know, my grandmother always said, cleanliness is next to godliness and I'm very clean. Now, do you know that's not in the scriptures? That might sell a Hallmark card, but that's not the Word of God. Now, I'm not telling you to be dirty either, because some of you are going to go home. Pa Pastor said we could be dirty today. I am not washing my hands. I am going out and playing in the dirt. <laughs> Mother, don't contradict the Word. At that moment, slap your child's mouth. <laughs> grab their attention or grab their chin and say, look at me. You got their attention at that point. See, sometimes we misquote scripture, as I mentioned about flying or not flying, and sometimes there's not a whole lot of repercussions to it, but other times there is, because it brings confusion. Some people think, well, it doesn't matter. I can live whatever way I want to, and it doesn't matter. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. So, he speaks here to them and he says in verse 49, receive the promise of the Father. What's the promise of the Father? It's the Holy Spirit. Jesus came to die upon the cross. That was his purpose. But then he said there's another comforter coming and he will teach you all things. He'll help you when you sit down to read your Bible. And you say, Lord, help me make sense out of this. Help me to understand it. He will open up your understanding. Another book back here in the book of John. Let's jump over there. John chapter 19.
each of these disciples wrote from their experiences of what they saw. And they each gave it from a little bit of a different perspective. Now, you know, Luke had been a physician. And so many times he emphasizes the miraculous healing power that Jesus brought about. But yet they continue to tell the same story here. And in John chapter uh, 6, let's go there. I'm sorry, I I jumped ahead of myself. Let's go to John chapter 6, just a few pages back. John chapter 6 and verse 63. Jesus is talking here, and he says this, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. So in the natural, people sometimes are always seemingly like they're chasing their own tail. They're just running around all the time trying to get ahead. You know, years ago, I did a funeral for a family, and I've told some of you this story before. And the husband and wife worked at the same place together. They had no children. They worked constantly every holiday, every weekend. They never took a weekend trip, never took a yearly vacation, and they were saving all their money. Their goal was by the time their birthdays were two weeks apart, by the time the husband turned 50, they were going to retire. They had all this money in the bank. They had made all these investments, but they had a dream of having a big muscle car. And they were going to travel the country in this muscle car, and they were going to go and see everything that was out there. They both worked in the same place together. Two weeks before the man's 50th birthday, he dropped dead at work of a massive heart attack. His wife was just a few places over from him in the business they were at. She came running by the time the doctors and the ambulance had got there. He was gone. When I went and sat with her in her kitchen, and she was telling me about this because they needed a minister for the funeral. One of the funeral homes called me. I went over to the house, and she said to me, come on out in the garage. So we went out in the garage together, and here it was this beautiful sports car. She said, do you know it's never been on the road? Because it was wintertime. It was getting ready to come into spring. And she said, we even had it brought on a tow truck where it was put up on this platform, and they rolled it into the garage. It's never had salt on it. She said, we ordered it from the factory. We didn't take it off the lot. We put all these extras into it. All these bells and whistles are there. And she said, now my husband's gone. My best friend is gone. And she said, I spent all my life working to make money. And now why am I going to want to travel the country in this car by myself? She said, we wasted our lives. Boy, that was a hard thing. She was so devastated by that because the person she had put her whole life into in the natural was just her husband. Don't get me wrong. I want you to have strong marriages and love each other. It's a good thing to sacrifice and put into each other's lives. But without God, there is no hope. It's important to stop and smell the roses. I thought to myself the other day, some of the factories still close on Good Friday. When people try to tell you America is not a Christian nation, it is in our roots. We'll take some time at another point to show some things by those men and women who had influence in our country at the beginning. But the reason the freedoms that we have and not making a statewide church is because we didn't want to have people ever control the church, but we wanted the church to be responsible to God. And we find this history that in our nation, people hungered for God. Listen, I want you to take vacation. I want you to take some time and be with each other. You don't even have to go long distance for that. Turn off your phones. I know that's a big sacrifice. 
turn off the TV, get out a board game, and talk to each other. Eat at the table together. Well, Pastor, we don't have time. We all have different TVs in our own rooms. We all have our different schedules. I, I, I know, I understand. I talked to a family here not too long ago, and they said our kids are heavily involved with sports, and with their schedules and our schedules, each of us have TVs in our own room, and we each just have microwave food. And, she, and the, the woman said, we just put it all in the freezer, we get it all out, and we all eat different times. And she said, usually once a week we see each other that's not family time it's important for you to have some time together as a family to talk to listen to each other moms and dads influence your kids don't just set them out in the world and say good luck don't just say well they're past 10 nothing I can do are you kidding Love on them, encourage them, help them, teach them, show them what you know. Grandmas and grandpas, aunts and uncles, you have gifts inside you. Those kids are just waiting to have it poured into them. Share your life because if you love on them, they're going to trust you. And if they trust you, they're going to be listening to what is said. Oh, I know, there's still sometimes there's a little rebellion. But you know what? You still have a little bit of rebellion in you too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you pull into the parking lot and you see that handicapped spot up close and think, I wonder if I limp, I could get away with this. Yeah, that's that moment when you're out there or when you're seeing the light turning red and you're saying to yourself, I can make it, 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 honking the horn as you go through the intersection. What's wrong with you people? <laughs> that's that little teeny tiny thing of rebellion that still tries to hang around. It is so important to know that in spite of all these things, God loves you. He loves you. These words that Jesus spoke, they are life. What comes from the Spirit, they are life. Get the things of life ministering to you. Don't let the world's philosophy keep you in bondage from the peace and power of God. Stay in this book of John. Look over in chapter 19. Chapter 19, starting at verse 31. Luke 19, verse 31 through 37. Therefore, because it was the preparation day, the bodies should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for the Sabbath was a high day. And the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken, that they might be taken away. Then the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and the other who was crucified with him, with Jesus. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. And he who has seen and testified, and his testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth so that you may believe. For these things were done that the scriptures might be fulfilled, not one of his bones shall be broken. And again, another scripture that says, and they shall look on him whom they pierced. Now, if they're going to make sure in heaven that all the details of scripture and prophecy are fulfilled, if all those details are important, I want you to know the details of your life are important. Hallelujah. God knows where you live. God knows where you're at. God knows how to touch your heart. Now, years ago, I remember some preachers that were trying to be the Holy Spirit. They were trying to convict people instead of really trying to be able to help them. And they said, listen, 
If you go into that movie theater with that particular show on and the rapture happens, God's not going to come in there looking for you. And you will not go in the rapture. Thus saith the Lord. Man, I don't know if I want to go see that movie. If I go see that movie and the rapture happens, I'm going to miss it. It's not the church's responsibility to bring conviction. First of all, that wasn't conviction. That was condemnation. We do not have a right to condemn you. The conviction of the Holy Spirit says, oh, this is not the right thing for me. I don't need to be there. But there's no approved list. Don't call the church office and say, so what do you think about this movie? What do you think about this dance? What do you think about this person? Someone said to me the other day, so tell me who to vote for. Absolutely not. You want me to tell you who to vote for? My father. Spell it Raymond Cully. <laughs> Again, one of the guys at the gym that I go to, one of the old men. Boy, why do I hang out with all these old men? One of the old men says to me, so can you tell me one man that you respect that you believe is a real Christian? I said, oh, yeah, my dad. He said, well, you answered that fast. I said, yeah, because I know. I see the fruit of it. Oh, he was probably a preacher too, huh? I said, no, he was a photographer at the Rock Island Arsenal. He took pictures. He ran video. He filmed things. He went on trips for them when they were testing weapons and made sure that there was a documentation of everything that happened. He said, well, did he ever see any top secrets? I said, yes. He said, how do you know? He told you the top secret? I said, no, I asked him one time. I said, Dad, did you ever see anything top secret? He said, yep. I said, what'd you do? He said, I didn't read it. He said, I saw the words top secret, and he said, I made sure that I didn't read the paragraph there. I just did my job. He said, because it was my privilege to work there, and it was my responsibility to do the right thing. Wow. Man, that'd have to move the White House to Silvis. It'd have to be a yellow house with blue shingles. But if dad really had his way, it would be brown. <laughs> he went through a phase. For a while, we had a brown roof on a dark tan car. His favorite suit was brown. His shoes were brown. He loved brown. I thought we were going to be changing our family name. Raymond Brown. Still like brown, though, don't you, dad? When we were building the church, the one fellow that was here uh, putting up the siding and things on the outside, he said, so, he said, who picked the color? I said, oh, my wife and some of the ladies in the church. He goes, why didn't you pick it? I said, my favorite colors are Tweety Bird Yellow and Fire Engine Red. He says, always leave it to the women, all right? <laughs> There's an integrity that's got to be there. God has integrity. And if you've got people who tell you that you can't believe the Bible, or you can't believe the Word of God, you need to just turn a deaf ear to them and hold on to what's true because this book is full of truth and power. God will never turn his back on you. Do me a favor, turn probably one more page over in your Bible to John chapter 20, starting at verse 1. 
Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early, and while it was still dark, and saw that the, tomb had been ta- uh, that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciples, whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together to the, uh, and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he stooped down and looked in and the linen clothes lying there, yet he did not go in. Verse 6, then Simon Peter came and followed him and went into the tomb and he saw the linen clothes lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but folded together in a place by itself. Let's stop there just for a moment. John goes ahead and gives a little bit more detail. So many times people talk about John that he was the lover that he was just always motivated by love and everything that goes on. So some places you'll see, he'll say, Peter was going and the disciple that Jesus loved. That's not because he had an ego problem, but it's because they just had this open relationship of love for each other. Have, have you got people like that in your life that you love? I mean, you just really love them. You trust them. There may not even be blood family. You've, you've got family that you love, but there's people that you just have this deep connection together and nobody can ever separate you from that connection because it's real. It's touched your heart. Well, it's interesting. Sometimes people talk about this shroud that they try to bring out historically and say, this was what covered Jesus. You can see the imprint on it, and that when he was risen, he went right up through the shroud. I'm going to take a chance to possibly insult some of you here on this, but I don't believe that's true. Because the scripture doesn't ever say anything about it. If anything, it talks about a separate garment that covered his face. And in this shroud that many times people try to make holy in itself, it's all connected together as one piece. Now, what's the other significance? Because in Jewish family life, there were certain things done. If, If you were going to have a dinner, let's say, and we were all sitting at the table and we were eating together, and you had napkins... What would happen is this, while people were seated at the table, if they had to get up for a moment and they were going to come back and finish the meal, they would take their napkin and they would fold it very nicely and set it aside. And that way the host would know they're coming back. But if they were all done with their meal, the tradition was in order to send a message to your host or hostess that you were finished, you were full of everything, and that was it, you would take your napkin and you would wad it up and put it on top of your plate. Here's what was happening. The napkin that had covered Jesus' face was folded and moved separately from the rest of the covering from him because he was saying to them, I'm coming back. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus is coming back. His word promises it. The scriptures have constantly reminded us that there will be a day that the trumpet will sound and God will call those believers home to be with him forever. There'll be judgment that'll happen on the earth after the believers are gone. Many places in scripture calls it the seven years of tribulation. And during that time of judgment that will happen here, everything will be in place so that when the second coming happens, 
because the second coming is very particular. It talks about Jesus' feet touching down. When the rapture happens, when that great catching away takes place, the word says he will appear in the sky, the trumpet will sound, and we shall be caught up to be with him forever. But when he comes back at the end of the seven years of tribulation, he comes to bring God's plan and to fulfill even more scripture that when his feet touch down on the Mount of Olives, that that mountain is going to split in two. And you that are believers are going to come back with him. And the scripture gives great detail that you'll be riding on these white horses and you'll be coming as God brings judgment when all the nations of the world are up against Israel and wanting to destroy it. You know, when you hear it in the news these days, you'll see that Israel is always in the news. There's always some group that's mad, some group that doesn't recognize them, some group that still wants to destroy them. If you follow through history, you find that there was nation after nation that turned their back on the Jews, that kicked them out of their countries, that persecuted and killed them. We, all we have to do is look at Hitler and what took place during that time in Germany. Here was this persecution. Why? Because they hated them. They wanted to destroy them. And yet God's word says, these people are still my people. And they made a promise to them. If they would repent and turn back to me, they would find salvation. Do you know today in Israel, there are over 500,000 converted Jews who have accepted Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, as Lord and Savior. That number didn't used to be that high. That's change that's happening because Israel is prepping itself. People are turning their hearts to God. Lives are being changed everywhere. And we have the same privilege to be out there preaching the word. Oh, but pastor, if I do that, people are going to think I'm a religious fanatic. Oh, really? Well, think about this. Next Sunday will be opening day for baseball. Take me out to the ballpark. You know what? We're going to allow everybody, we encourage you, wear your favorite team jersey to church. You know you root for them, you like to support them, you wear pins and buttons, oh, wait a minute, that's just me, uh, that support them. You like to think about how fun it is to go to the ballpark and eat a $10 hot dog. All those things. It was right after the nutrition standards had been put out by Mrs. Obama, what she wanted to see changed in the schools. And that summer we were down in St. Louis. We went to a Cardinals baseball game, the team I love and support. And so we were sitting there in the stands, and it was getting to be time to have snacks. And so all of a sudden this guy walked by us, and he had this great big platter of tortilla chips that were smothered in cheese, just dripping all over it, and had bacon all over the top of it at that point. And as he walked by with that, I looked at my wife and I said, Michelle Obama would not approve. <laughs> she looked at me and she said, she's not here. <laughs> now, some people would say, that when you go to games like that, people who are there wasting that money going to a ball game, that they are fanatics. Now, if you can be a fanatic for your team, and believe me, you Cub fans, you are fanatics. <laughs> Last year, you, I mean, you really deserved to go as far as you did. But for all the years of being faithful Cub fans, when they always lose. <laughs> sort of like being a Bears fan, when they always lose. 
they stay faithful to it because they are fanatics. Fan is in the beginning part of it. What's that team that you root for, Brad? What, for football. They're out in Texas, aren't they? Is it the Dallas Cowgirls? See, we just stirred up a whole bunch of emotions. That's because people are fanatics. Let's be a little fanatical for Jesus. Let's be so proud of what he's done for us that no matter who tries to talk him down, we support him and love him and share the goodness of God. Listen, nobody swears in the name of Buddha. People don't do it. Oh, Buddha. Why? Because the enemy wants to try to tear up the truth. Remember, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by him. It's time for us to be a little fanatical for the Lord. It's time for us to look at our friends who are lost and say to them, Hey, God will take you just the way you are and watch what he'll do. If there's things that need to be changed, he'll show you. He'll teach you so that we can become better. Hallelujah. All you men, before you got married, you thought you had it all together, and then you got married. And your wife said, I'm going to show you a better way. Some of you thought their socks and underwear were carpeting. You got married and found out there's a hamper. Some of you thought the garbage can was just a place to shoot baskets. Then you find out that has to be taken outside to the curb. It's funny, isn't it? Our spouses, our family, they do help us to become the best us that we can be. Same thing is true with Jesus. He has a wonderful truth for every one of us. He will transform your life if you'll open up to him. This Easter could be a brand new beginning for you. We're not waiting for you to be perfect because the truth is we're not. But we know that he is and he can transform any life that's yielded to him. Worship team, would you come? Scriptures are so full of truth and life. Every time you hear it, well, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Your faith gets stirred up when you're in church, when you're reading the Bible at home, when you're doing the things that you do. Faith gets stirred up. Let's have faith for the move of God. Let's have faith for miracle signs and wonders. And when you get discouraged, please know this, God is on your side. He is rooting for you. He is cheering for you. He is standing beside you, letting you know that everything that has been impossible in the natural is now possible by faith. Let him transform your life. If you'll do that today, he'll make it worth your while. He'll show you peace. He'll show you love. He'll show you his plan. None of you are a mistake. Every one of you, God has a plan for you. Let's stand up together. I like over in the book of John, chapter 14, verses 12 through 14, Jesus said it like this. He said, greater works shall you do because I go to my Father. The resurrection made it possible that all of us can share that same love that Jesus showed to everybody, that same power that Jesus showed. It's operating in all of us. Will you take a moment now and join me in prayer?
If you already know him as your Savior and Lord, wonderful. I want you to be able to begin thanking him for salvation. But if you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, today I'm going to say a prayer. And if you're ready to ask him into your life, to let him put things in order, to help him to show you a better way, then you go ahead and repeat these words and let faith rise up, believe them, and watch what he'll do for you. But while every head is bowed, I just invite you now to join with me. You believers, go ahead and lift up your hands. Lift up your voices and begin to thank God for your salvation. Thank God for a rededicated moment this Easter to serve him all the days of your life. And you who need Christ right where you are, if you want to do that, just say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. Come into my life. I give myself to you. If that's your prayer, you've just been born again. You've had a conversion. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Now you can begin to thank him too with your hands lifted, with your eyes opened up to heaven and receiving the goodness of God. Hallelujah. He's not a magic genie. He is there to fill you up with power so that you can walk in victory. Every challenge will be happened around you. Every challenge that is happening around you can end up in victory if you give it over to God. I'm going to open up the altar today. If you need prayer for healing in your body, or if you've just accepted Christ or just need to rededicate yourself to the Lord, come on down here. I promise we'll not embarrass you if you're a guest with us, but we just want to welcome you and pray with you and believe for God's best. If you don't need to come to the altar, you can sing with the worship team. You too can just call out to God with thanksgiving. Let this Easter be a moment you have marked in your life. God touched you today. If you need prayer, come on down. Worship team.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.